Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Rumi, translation by Coleman Barks. Thank you for joining me for another installment of Mindful Moments on Fertile Minds Radio. I'm your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. I absolutely love that poem by Rumi, and after our session today, I think you'll begin to see just why I love it so much. Oftentimes I'm asked, What is the quickest way to get healthy or get pregnant? My answer is simple. Start focusing on good things in your life. Take stock of what is benefiting you, people, behaviors, habits, environments, and lean into those areas. Place less emphasis on what you don't have or what is irritating you, especially if it is a physical symptom or a lack of a child. This may seem like a non-answer or a Zen riddle, but it really is that simple and here's why. We know that feelings of compassion, gratitude, and joy can return our physical bodies to states of equanimity or homeostasis. When the body is in a state of homeostasis or balance, it wants to create life. The mind is broadcasting the message that it's safe, inviting place to put down roots and make a family. And all of your cells are listening. With the help of science, we know now what wisdom traditions have been saying for thousands of years about negative emotions is in fact true. Prolonged feelings of anger, fear, judgment, worry, and shame lower our immune systems, disrupt our sex hormones, increase our resting heart rates and blood pressure, not to mention that they cloud our perceptions of reality, making it difficult to make tough choices. So how do we manage our lives when we are served up real-life situations that cause negative emotions? It's not as if we can suddenly be immune to them. I suggest that we try and observe these situations with the same character of mind that we use in our meditations. Instead of reacting to all of it in a pattern response, why not observe the emotion that wants to flood up and ask why? Why am I having this? Does this really pertain to this situation, or is it old? And what could this situation or person be here to teach me? Now here's the radical part. Lean in and condition yourself to be grateful for it as it's happening. If you are aware enough to ask these questions when it's happening, you can actually choose to be grateful for the lesson. The strife in your life starts to move quicker this way. And a study conducted at the University of Miami one group of people wrote about things that they were grateful for that had occurred during the week. A second group wrote about the daily irritations or things that displeased them. 
and a third wrote about events that affected them, with no emphasis on them being positive or negative. After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. I can't think of a better time to reap the benefits of a simple gratitude practice than when you are trying to conceive. When you're trying to conceive, you're more likely stressed out six ways to Sunday. Surprisingly, the group that focused on gratitude naturally exercised more and had fewer visits to the physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. It would appear that venting is not actually helpful to us emotionally or physically. It's actually a matter of health to learn to call on positive emotions like gratitude when we're feeling challenged, fearful, or untrusting. I'm emphasizing the word learn because most of us need to learn or relearn how to keep our minds in the realm of gratitude. It's a natural state of the brain to drift into thoughts about what we don't have yet. This part of our thinking is what I like to call the default screensaver, and it has been fundamental to human evolution. It's what has led us as humans to keep asking tough questions and searching for better living conditions, and neither of us would be here today if it wasn't for this default mode of our brains. You certainly wouldn't be listening to me on the internet without someone thinking about what we don't have, i.e. the internet or a smartphone, and then setting out to create it. This mode is great for creating external things like structures and inventions. It's not so great though for creating life. Think about how much stress, aggravation, and frustration probably went into the creating the internet. Not exactly a calm state of mind. Creation of life is internal and needs to be in a relaxed state to begin, which is exactly why a gratitude practice can help. I know what a few of you are thinking right now, or maybe all of you. It's easy to feel gratitude when we are happy or when life is seemingly going our way. But can we feel it when we are being truly challenged? This is where the work lies. And by work, I mean discipline. Can you commit to creating a habit of starting your day by simply stating what you are grateful for? Much like the study I referenced in the beginning, this state of mind or an attitude of gratitude when practiced habitually leaks into all areas of your life and allows you to take things as they come with more clarity and acceptance. This practice doesn't require extra time. It simply requires remembering to do so daily. You can even multitask this behavior. When I began it years ago, I coupled it with my morning dog walks. It was simple to remember because Farah had to be walked every morning, no questions asked. Soon I developed a Pavlovian response and that every time I grabbed the leash, my mind wandered towards what I was grateful for. How's that for some irony? The dog was conditioning me. It usually began with being grateful for her and that she was still with me after all these years, or the beauty of the day, but it would quickly fill with lists of people, patients, events, revelations, and so on. Occasionally, there would be days where one person or one thing took center stage and soaked up all of my gratitude like a dry plant on a summer's day. Every day was different. The idea here is just like our meditations. There is no right or wrong way to do it. Make it your way so it will stick and that you'll want to do it, and before you know it, it will become a part of you. Albert Einstein said, there are only two ways to live your life. As nothing is a miracle, or as if everything is a miracle. I don't know about you, but the latter sure seems like an easier way to go through life. But how do we get there? 
How do we get to a place of really believing everything is a miracle, even the tough stuff? In order to start believing or recognizing miracles, it begins with the process of being grateful for what is right in front of us, especially the little things and the things that we might think of at first blush as not so great. I repeat, in order to start believing or recognizing miracles, it begins with the process of being grateful for what is right in front of us. The thing is, when we experience and embody gratitude on a regular basis, it opens up the door for grace to enter. When we become aware of grace, we start to notice the miracles. I say become aware because grace isn't something that only happens once in a while or is created. It's always present. We just have to make room for it to come in. I think of grace as being a little sneaky. It's kind of like particle theory in quantum physics. In particle theory, the particles behave differently when attention is paid to them. Grace and gratitude are the same way. When we place our attention on them, they seemingly open us up for more experiences that we perceive as loving and eventually as miracles. This is something that is accessible to all of us. Most of us as kids had the experience of seeing what we perceived as miracles all the time. We were grateful for the littlest of things, and we expected good things to happen all of the time. Then, for most of us, life began to happen and we became conditioned to believe that they didn't happen, or even worse, that we didn't deserve them to happen to us. So let's begin the unconditioning process by getting comfortable and flexing the muscle of increasing our awareness by meditating. For today's meditation, I'm going to give you a mantra to help you still your mind so you can focus on gratitude at the end. Now, if you are driving a car or running on a treadmill, this isn't obviously the time to get uber relaxed and meditate. So I invite you to come back to this episode or simply text the code TURKEYDAY, two separate words, to 44222. A digital copy of the meditation portion of this series without me talking in the beginning will be emailed to you so that you can play it anytime, anyplace when you're ready. I also created a mini course on gratitude called the Gratitude Experiment. It's designed to help you form the habit of making gratitude with four more gratitude meditations and some self-exploration exercises at the end. It's available in the email that sends you the download of this meditation or by clicking the link on today's show notes found at ladypotions.com backslash episode 12. So let's do this together and see what unfolds when we commit to an attitude of gratitude. Gratitude Meditation Find a spot that's comfortable. Sit up tall and cross-legged if you can. But just make sure you're comfortable or you won't want to do this. Gently bring the tips of your middle fingers to meet the tip of your thumb, creating a mudra or hand placement. Lightly extend the arms out until the back of your hands are resting on your kneecaps if you're sitting cross-legged. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. In the next few breaths, let go of any stress, anxiety, fear, or worry that you've been carrying. Simply invite it with your mind to leave with each exhale of breath. 
give yourself a gentle thought of gratitude for making time for you today by meditating, for taking the time out of your busy day to slow down, to get still, and to get clear. Give the part of your brain that's constantly conversating with itself permission to slow down. And give the other part of your brain that's receiving my words, the silent witness, permission to take over for the next 10 minutes. Begin by allowing the observer or the witness to just simply watch your breath enter and exit. For the next few breaths, I want you to imagine or observe your breath entering in through your nose, crossing through the center of your brain, heading down the brainstem, through your entire spinal column, through the chest, and into the belly, filling your abdomen with air. And then as you exhale, I want you to gently Bring the belly button in towards the spine, beginning to exhale the air out of your abdomen and then out of the lower part of the lungs and then the upper part of the chest, back through the head and then out through the nose or the mouth, whichever is most comfortable. Do that a few more times, just watching the breath come in the head down the spine into the abdomen and then back out the opposite direction it came in. breath return to normal breathing. We will now introduce the mantra for the day. Remembering that mantra simply means mind vehicle or mind tool. It's a tool that we use as a distraction from our 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, or what I call a focal point. So place your awareness on the mantra and when you realize that you have drifted away from the mantra towards that internal conversation, noises, physical sensations, simply redirect your attention back to listening to the silent repetition of the mantra, Kritajna Hum, which means I am gratitude. Kritajna Hum. Kritajna Hum. Kritajna Hum. I'll sound a soft bell when it's time to release the mantra. Kritajna hum. Kritajna hum.
This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Rumi. Allow yourself to just sit quietly. Absorbing the new vibration that you've created with this meditation. Letting the words of the guest house poem sink in. And simply observe the answer to this question as you silently ask yourself, what am I grateful for? this down and carry it with you, looking at it periodically as a reminder of coming back to how you feel right this moment. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.